And welcome everyone to episode 426 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This is, of course, the full remake that Nintendo released this year of the classic Game Boy game. Uh, Corey, one thing I wanted, I was trying to remember, did we own this game or did we borrow it? If we borrowed it, it was one of those things where we never gave it back. Yeah, because um, I know... I don't remember ever buying it, but... No, I, I I remember Graham had it, and I feel like our cousins had it. Uh, our, our girl cousins, oddly enough, I think had it for their Game Boy. So hmm. I feel like I might have played it there. Um, but I know uh, Graham had it, who was on the show many, many years ago. But I don't know if we ended up getting it for, like, Christmas or something, maybe... I honestly don't remember. I it's, remember playing it a ton, but yeah. I don't remember the origin story of the game. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those ones that, I mean, you remember how bad the original Game Boy screen was. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, we, you know, you and I each had our own Game Boys. And I remember playing it by my lamp. Uh, and, you know, until all hours of the night, squinting at the little horrible Game Boy screen. <laughs> and even the the two colors on that screen weren't they weren't like contrasting it was just yeah. like green and like dark green dark, yeah it, it, yeah it was like green and and like you said dark green dark forest green yeah uh, even I, I don't know i feel like even in the sunlight it didn't oh it was didn't terrible that good but uh, very hard on the eyes uh, but anyway yeah. that's our that's our main topic uh, we we both played a fair amount of that game Corey, you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode no, nothing new. I might talk a little Hearthstone if I'm feeling uh, if I'm feeling freaky, but I doubt it. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't have anything new to talk about. I've actually got a couple new things to talk about. Great. Uh, the first being Untitled Goose Game I bought huh. and I played a little bit of. Uh, so I'll talk about that. I will also talk about Mario Kart Tour, which I've been playing a fair amount of. Uh, so I'll talk about those games when we when we do our what we played segment. So, uh, I I don't think we have anything too big to talk about news wise, but yeah, a few a few new games this week, so that's good. Um, let's get into the main segment, Corey. How much have you played of Link's Awakening? First off, quite a bit. Um, I am through six of the nine oh, wow. dungeons. Okay, is that how many there are? Uh, I think I have I have three more instruments to go. However many total there are, I'm not sure. I think there's eight. If oh, I okay. Remember. Um, so then I have five. I've gotten five instruments, and uh, I mean I've done a ton of side stuff. My my heart gauge is onto the second row, and I think I only have four hearts left to finish the second row mm-hmm. of hearts. So uh, quite quite a bit. I couldn't put an hour on it. If I had to guess, I would probably say between ten and fifteen somewhere. Okay. So not a ton of hours, but um, pretty far into the game. Yeah, I've got I've got three of the instruments. I just finished the third the third dungeon. Um, like you, I'm trying to do as much of the side side exploration stuff as I can, trying to gather all the seashells, poke around all the little corners, uh, nooks and crannies that are in the game. Trying to remember the places that I couldn't access earlier in the game that when you get the right tools, you can go back and, and, and get later. Uh, mostly just by making a mental notation, but you know, you, you know, I'm sure I'm going to miss some of those, but I'll probably, pro- probably look them up eventually. Um, but yeah, as for an hour count, I'm probably, I would guess between six and eight hours, uh, maybe put into it. Um, I, I'd like to actually address the complaints first, um, and, and get them out of the way. And there's really only been two that I've seen, uh, and that's the ultimate length of the game. 
in relation to the cost, which we've we've talked about at, at length for for some games, getting your your dollar value uh, per hour for the game, and then the frame rate drops. Those are really the only only complaints I've I've seen about it. So, um, Cor, what's your what's your thoughts on those two topics? Um, yeah, and I I I disagree with the length one, uh, but maybe that's just me because it's just a long nostalgia trip for yeah. me anyway. But um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I could see it for people that hadn't played the game and are, and had just finished playing Breath of the Wild and are expecting. <laughs> you know hundreds of hours of entertainment um but i don't know like there's still short games they're still making short campaign based games but i guess those have a multiplayer component or some sort of thing to keep yourself entertained and i think that that's what they were going for with the the dampy's dungeon stuff Mm -hmm. where you can kind of build your own dungeon but um which which, by the way came out of uh, legend of the zelda legend of zelda maker idea Um, they actually had tossed that around Yep. And, and decided there was a little too much uh, needing to have puzzles go in the right order and stuff right. uh, for that to actually work out. So, yeah, and that was my thought too. Like, I, I to me, I'm just I would in doing the Dampy's Dungeon stuff. It seemed like it was kind of a trial run for what a Zelda Maker would look like. Um, I just I know they wouldn't do a Zelda Maker in like the Breath of the Wild yeah um, engine, but I could I could absolutely see. A Zelda maker with this, uh, in the with these graphics, couldn't you? Yeah, and I, I think I brought up this idea a couple months ago. But even to, if you were to make it so that it could switch uh, between, say, the original on the Nintendo, A Link to mm-hmm. the Past, maybe one of the Game Boy ones, which would uh, like uh, Link Between Worlds or something like that, and then this one, you yeah, know, being able to switch the flip of a button, I think would be awesome. Right, I agree. Um, but not to get too far ahead of myself, the other complaint was the frame rate drops, and I do kind of agree with that one. Although it doesn't, it doesn't really impact my enjoyment of the game. It's just, it's such a pretty game to look at. I feel mm-hmm. like they did such a good job in, with the the art style and the nice, cute little adorable touches in the game. And uh, every now and again, you get those frame rate drops, and it just reminds you that you know, not everything is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Which kind of sucks, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as as far as the hours thing thing goes, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, we used to be kind. Of, we 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 still kind of are, but not not as much as we used to be. Big into the consumer uh, view of things, uh, and and we used to calculate games value based on the amount of hours you get out of it. That's not as much the case anymore because I know none of us have as much game time as we used to. Uh, you know, I think of someone like Eric, who who probably probably plays the least amount of games out of all of us. Um, and when he plays games, it's mostly socially. Like he he likes to play with uh, his friends, uh, play play with us, play with Jeff. You know, that's his his social time. So, <laughs> dogs uh, entertaining the crowd Sorry. in the background. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, but I I don't really do that as much anymore. You know, I I try to take every game based on the value it gives me. Uh, and personally, like, like you, Corey, it's a, the, this whole game is, is a nostalgia trip, and I'm amazed at how much I both remember and forgot about the yeah. game. Yep. There's, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh my god, this is like exactly, uh, you know, exactly the way I remember it happening. What was it? I think this game, came, the original came out in 1993, so mm-hmm. it would have been 26 years ago. Um, 
and then you know the and then there's a ton of stuff that i'm like oh my gosh i do not remember this at all yeah uh so <laughs> it's it's weird it's it's yep. very weird because you know playing other old games uh I, i'm i'll use a link to the past as an example because i've been playing that recently too like i barely remember any of that game you know i don't know why specifically this one i remember so much about it because mm-hmm. i probably played them about the same time they came out about the same time as far as yeah you know all all those years ago yeah um but yeah to your point that's that was my main uh takeaway from from the Link's awakening remake is like the mind is such a funny thing because i like struggle to remember things at work you know that yeah. we just talked about the day before yeah but then playing Link's awakening like it was like riding a bike like i knew just to walk right up to a bush and and cut it down and pull out my shovel and i knew there was a seashell under there like little itty bitty details that i haven't thought about in 20 years yeah you know like just immediately coming back to me um it's crazy how that works but i do find myself the further i get into the game the less i'm remembering yeah which just makes me think well okay when i was a kid this stuff was a lot harder so i probably didn't get as far into the game as many times as i did that early stuff over and over again you know yeah i think Um, i only ended up beating it once i think i played it a bunch of times and like you for whatever reason i like i said i'm not sure if we borrowed it from someone and and they they wanted it back or what have you but i i probably only beat it once ultimately yeah do you remember if you beat it back in the yeah day? i beat it at least once i have a feeling too i it was like i beat it in one day too i i vaguely remember just sitting down and just playing it all day one day and beating it okay um, i think i had gotten that familiar with everything but even like remembering when i when i climbed up on the mountain and remembering oh this guy needs the hibiscus i'm not even going to talk to him because i don't have the hibiscus yeah like, how do how does like Again, I haven't thought of that in over probably 20 years. So. And you, you were a lot younger than I yeah. was when all that yeah. was going on. So that's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then as far like like you as far as the oh I finish my to finish my thought like I I don't feel like this game is not worth it at sixty dollars. I think it's totally. I, I think it's a great game. Uh, I think it stands alone even if you don't necessarily have uh, the nostalgia for it that we do. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff that a newcomer can can experience here, um, you know. You I guess you have to decide for yourself whether you think uh, I've seen anywhere from like eight to twelve hours for the average playthrough for this game. It's going to take me longer. It's already taken you longer, mm-hmm. um, but we you know we like to try to collect everything and do everything. Um, so yeah, I think it's worth it. Uh, frame rate like you, uh, it's a little bit annoying. It seems to happen more when you're like changing uh, changing areas it'll stutter a little bit i don't really necessarily get them when i'm like fighting anything so that would be the the place where it would affect me but it just seems to be when it's transitioning from one scene to another Um, but like you said it's such a pretty game that you wish that wasn't there right because it just it's just just irritating enough to 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 be worth mentioning yeah Yeah. yep uh it as far as how it looks to me it looks like uh, someone's really, really high quality creative art project that you're that you're playing, like that's the that's the the sense I get from it. it also, almost reminds me of like Yoshi's uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, or uh, what was the most recent Yoshi game? Uh, but that that just looks like it, it looks like an art project that you're playing yeah. as a video game. It's a very very nice looking art style. 
Uh, everything's nice and shiny and clean. Yep. Uh, and then the the blur around the edges of the screen too. I don't know what what it is about that, but it just I don't know. It adds to it. I don't know if that's a frame rate enhance if that helps with the frame rate or maybe that that hurts it. I don't know, but it it just looks so good. Or is it a metaphor for the dream world you're in? It could very well be. Nintendo likes to sneak those things in on you. So yeah, um, I don't. I feel like you can't talk about the graphics without talking about the music. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> so I forget the name of the. What's the name of the main village? Uh, not Kokoriku, but what's it called? Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to be able to think of it. Mabe. Yukuku. Oh. It's the Yukuku Plains or something like that? Yeah, Yukuku uh, Plains. And then, the yeah, May Village is the main village. Um, probably one of my favorite arrangements mm-hmm. in video games. It, it reminded me of playing um, Undertale for the first time and oh, hearing yeah. the music in Undertale. It's a different kind of music because this is, like, orchestral and arranged. Uh, but it's, it's beautiful when they switch from strings to horns to... Uh, I don't know what else they're playing in there, some sort of flute or something like that, or piccolo. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, and and it's just it shows the level of detail they went into in in care they put into this this kind of remake. And I was trying to think of other video game remakes that are on this level, and I couldn't really come up with anything. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played a lot of them, but it it's hard to for me to put such an old game into such a modern a modern way of game building mm-hmm. and have it but have it retain so much of the what made it charming in the first place yeah i feel like that was a very hard thing for them to do and i i think they excelled at it you know it's it it looks fantastic like you said the music is fantastic everything about it is modern but it, it retains the charm of of the old game Yep. I don't know. It's it's a spectacular achievement. Yep. I think. Well, I think a lot of the charm too just comes from the gameplay, which they didn't mess too much with. There's some quality of life changes there, but all yeah. the little side stuff like the claw machine and the uh I even remembered that you could steal from the shopkeeper. Oh. You remember that? Yeah. And he hits you, you with lightning. Yep, you can steal the bow early on if you want. And then in the in the old version of the game, people just ref- your name becomes thief. It changes from whatever you had it to to just thief. I don't know what it does in this game. I didn't want to steal in this game, but uh, yeah, just like stuff like that. Um, even like the fishing and the riding the rapids and like all that stuff is just—it's so much fun. And it's—I don't know—just the slow drip of tools. Just it makes the world that you've already seen most of uh, so organic because you can just retread your steps and just find new things. Every time you get a new tool, there's always something else to uncover in an area you've been to a hundred times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the, the remake part of it is excellent, but I also feel like it's, it was a classic to begin with. So, yeah, you know, they're just, they just put lipstick on a, that's not a good metaphor. I was going to say lipstick (laughs) on a pig, but it's more like lipstick on a supermodel. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, no, lipstick on a supermodel, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it's funny because the kind of in the in the background, there's a lot of people coming out and saying, you know, Link's Awakening was has always been and always will be my favorite Legend of Zelda game. So it, there is that faction of people that that's, that's their favorite LOZ game, so... I mean, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that, with the exception of Breath of the Wild, but I mean, right. Breath of the Wild is 
in a class of its own. So yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, I was trying to think back, and it would it would definitely be up there for me. It's definitely the one I I spent the most time playing, mm-hmm. other than other than Breath of the Wild. Uh, you know, I played Link to the Past too, uh, but I, I really don't feel like I I played it nearly as much as as you know, like I said, squinting on the. And I wonder if if access was part of the reason why we were able to play this game. I feel like our our parents had a little more control over the Super Nintendo than they did over the Game Boys. That's a good point. We could always pull out the Game Boy and play all night if we wanted. Exactly. Where you know we couldn't. It was a little bit more difficult to get away with playing the the consoles. Um, yeah. Late at night, uh, but I, it also brought me back to the days where uh, we. You remember turning the volume down on the Game Boy so you could get more battery life out of it. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think if, I was ever that. If you uh... turn if you turn the volume off or down, it, it extended the battery because you know it took what was four double a batteries and we were kids and didn't have any money so we relied on our parents to buy us batteries um they never had batteries we never had batteries in the house so we would do anything we could to make sure we you know had as much game time as as possible so that was another memory that 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 playing this game triggered yep Uh, like i said there's there's a lot of them Uh, but i wanted to go back to your point about the music Corey, because it is a full orchestral soundtrack uh, and it just blends so perfectly with the game, and uh, so I've been playing the the game on my on my Rated G Games uh, YouTube channel, uh, slowly playing through it. And there's probably three or four times where I stopped whatever I was doing in the game just to listen to the music and, and yep. comment on how good the music was. Uh, it's it's really really spectacular. I always do it after you collect an instrument. Uh, after you beat a boss, there's like a, a a song that plays that's you know like the calm after the storm. Yeah, uh, and it's very like it's a very cathartic song, very relaxing song, and very well done song. So, it's hero great, mode, great stuff. I I played. I'm playing in hero mode. Good. Um, so one of my friends who hadn't played the original game started playing before me, and he recommended to play on hero mode, and I started looking it up and it seemed that seemed to be the consensus for most people uh that they were glad that they didn't have to unlock hero mode because the game would have been way too easy otherwise Mm -hmm. and i i think i agree with that do you dan yeah i think it would have been too easy yeah it's uh it's just right now i i I think it's only going to get easier too uh as you as you progress because you know once you get like I'm at the point now where I, I can go to Tracy and get her medicine, so when you die, you recover. You get fairies that you can collect and put in bottles that, that help you recover when you die. Um, but yeah, the, the more hearts you get, obviously, the, the stronger you are, the better weapons and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it, I had a, couple, a little bit of difficulty at the beginning. When you only have three hearts and you're taking two full hearts damage every time you get hit, yep. uh, you know, I have to be a little more careful. And I'm glad I did that because I think it, I feel like it made me uh, better at the game like right off the bat and more careful and yeah, because um, it's just the main difference is that you don't get hearts randomly, right? From things. That's I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but another thing I like about this this game is, and I talk about this in other games too, is it's like the 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 idea of like the carrot on the stick. You can gauge how powerful you're becoming because the enemies in the overworld don't. You're always running into them. Mm-hmm. And early on, like, they can be a challenge because, as you mentioned, you only have three hearts. But later on, you can just kind of plow right through them with whatever, whether it be the hookshot or the 
I don't know if it's spoilers to talk about the tools, so I won't say any more. But yeah, it's just as you progress, you become so much more powerful and you can see that power. And that's such a good feeling um, when you're out in the overworld. When you get into the dungeons, it's a little more difficult depending on how far you are but i don't know i just really like that idea of feeling your progression so you're not as much as i like a good difficulty curve and i think there is one in this game i also like to be reminded of where i started and how far i've come yeah uh, and i think this this game does that masterfully yeah because it goes back to your point about needing to retread your ground you know mm-hmm. Uh, yep. that's that's the perfect opportunity for you to see your progress because you're you're going back to see if you missed anything you're constantly trekking back to the village for various reasons because it's not not a huge game world right uh, it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on in the game world but it's not mm-hmm. not very big i was surprised uh i i looked at the map which is exceptionally detailed too by the way i don't know if that was a new thing or if that was the case on the on the game boy game but I was trying I to figure. Remember there being a map in the. I'm sure there probably was. But yeah, it was I know there was, rough. but I couldn't tell you what it looked like. I'll have to look it up later because I'm curious. Um, but yeah, I was I was looking for a trying to find a path to one of the dungeons that I was getting to, and I just got a little confused. So I looked looked at the map, and I was surprised to see that I'd uncovered a little more than half the map already. And it was you know, I was maybe two dungeons into it, so I don't have that much more to go. But there's like tons of stuff to do you know within that within that that small area yeah yeah it's um i was gonna bring up something else now i forgot anyway yeah good stuff though it's it's yeah it's really good yeah i don't think i have any other thoughts uh it's very satisfying to swing the sword i actually read an article i think i was on kotaku or maybe destructoid about how how satisfying it is to swing the sword and Mm -hmm. i spent a lot of time just cutting the grass and recutting the grass and cutting the plants and recutting the plants just because it, yeah, it feels good and that you get a lot of rupees doing it doing that you know yeah so but it's a very um, satisfying sword swing quality of life improvements mm-hmm. i feel like those are worth mentioning yeah um the biggest one is probably the uh well man it's probably not the biggest one but um was the color dungeon in the first game? Do you remember the color dungeon? The color dungeon, I think, was added for the DX version of okay. the game. I think. I had a feeling it was, like, I, I remembered it, but I didn't, I don't know. That must You must be right about that, because yeah. I didn't think it was in the original game. But, yeah, so some of the quality of life improvements I know, I feel like they expanded the amount of rupees you can carry. I feel like you maxed out at 999 in the old game. Yeah, I think so. Um, so if you bought something... You know, the bow and arrow, which I don't know if the bow and arrow was 980 in the old game, but in this one it's 980. Uh, but it was it sucked because if you hit that 999 mark, any rupee you picked up was just lost. Pointless, yeah. Uh, which was frustrating. But now, I mean, I think I have almost 2,000 rupees right now. I still haven't bought the bow and arrow, by the way. Very far into the game. Uh-huh. Haven't needed it. Um, so that's nice. Uh, help me out, Dan. What else did they add? I had a list in front of me, and now I can't find it. Uh, is the save system different i'm not sure i've never really saved because i just every time i die i just hit the retry and i'm pretty much right where i used to be okay yeah i have to make sure i save because my son likes to play it too yeah so uh, i have to i have to make sure it's saved and and uh, and you know shut down so that when he takes it out it doesn't erase my game because that can happen um, I'm just going to steal from Polygon here. Uh-huh. Uh, this article is by Ru- Russ 
Frushtick, uh, the dungeon builder we already talked a little bit about. There's not much to that. You just kind of you build a dungeon based on uh, dungeon squares that you've already been through. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure what the end game is. You can get you can unlock some stuff like pieces of heart and seashells and stuff like that. But I kind of wish there was more to it. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. Oh, that was the biggest one that kept leaving my mind was the ability to mark the map. Oh yeah, yep. Because uh, when you Dan, you were saying like trying to remember where everything was that you couldn't get to. Yeah. Um, I early on uncovered that you could mark the map. So every tool that I needed, I set to a different icon. So like early on, I put a circle everywhere I knew I needed a bomb on the oh, map. That's a good so idea. when I walked by, I would just tag it with a circle. Um, so then once I got the bombs, I could just go back to those areas, blow them up. And I did the same for all of them. That's genius. I it made it pretty I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it made it really handy. Because um, it also kind of indicated where I was supposed to go next. Right. Um, just by looking at the map, I could see, oh, I haven't been able to access this area because I didn't have this tool. Uh, the controls um, on the Game Boy, there were just two buttons, yeah. right? A and B and the d-pad which was your directions and and start and select but uh this one they you can you can uh the rock's feather is just oh no no the rock's feather you have to assign to a button but uh like the boots the sprinting boots are just always the left trigger uh -huh. um you don't have to um what else don't you have to equip the shield the shield the shield's always equipped the bracelet's always equipped um, so you're only assigning things to the X and Y button, like the feather, the hook shot, so on and so Bombs. forth. Bombs. Bombs, yep. Uh, which is really, really nice. Um, there's fairy bottles now. I didn't remember that there wasn't in the old game, but that's that's been pretty handy, especially playing on hero, mo hero mode because you're not picking up any hearts. Yeah. Um, keeps you keeps you going. Uh, yeah, that's all. Those are the big ones, I think. I'm sure there's more. There's, like, little itty-bitty things I noticed. I remember in the original game, if you were right next to an object, like a plant that you could run through with the boots, if you were right next to it in the old game, if you started sprinting, you would bounce off of it. Yeah, even if it was just a plant. Yep. In this game, you go right through it, um, which is a very minor change, but I just happen to remember that that's, that was the case. and. Uh -huh. <laughs> It's good to see that somebody thought it was yeah. a good idea to get rid yeah. of that. Yeah. That's, I feel like... that's still the case in The Link to the Past. Oh, really? Yeah. That's frustrating. But, I mean, that's the that's the original game, so. Right, right. Um, was the seashell tuning fork in the original game? Have you gotten that? No. Okay. I should stop, because I feel like I'm going to spoil stuff. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It'll It'll... It'll all come back to me once I get there. I remember all the all the all the things. Alright, well since I brought it up, I didn't remember the, the seashell tuning fork, but that doesn't mean it didn't exist. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. They made a lot of uh meaningful improvements and uh it's still an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm I adore it. It's it's the most adorablest game. Or one of the most adorablest games. It's up there. It's up there with like Stardew Valley as most adorablest game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. All right. Any other thoughts? Link's Awakening, Corey? No. If you have a Switch, it's a must play. I agree. Um, it's nice that Will split it with me because I'm just oh, going to yeah. send it to him and I'll probably, I'm going to try to beat it this weekend. 
and then I'll get Will to play it, and then I can trade it in, because I probably will never replay it <laughs> as much as I like it. Yeah, I'll play it again at some point. Um, I should say, too, I've, I always get physical with, with stuff I, physical copies with stuff I know my son is going to play, too, so, um, because the Switch is still fussy about game sharing, so, um, I always get physical copies for that. Makes, makes it easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, Corey, do you have anything for nibble bits? Um, I just quickly called up the news just now. I thought this was interesting. I haven't really dug into it much, but a French court ruled that um, Steam users can resell their games. Did you see that? I I heard a little bit about that. I never never read further. Which doesn't really make sense to me because Steam has been pretty open all along that we don't you don't Steam users don't own their games. Right. They're on rental more or less from Steam. Yeah. Um, of course valve intends to appeal the ruling but um we'll see i don't know how do you feel about that how would you, how would you like to see that shake out uh, it, i don't know it's a it's a tough call because that would be a whole new system that they would have to test and implement and make sure there's no fraud like you know there's a lot of people that try to rip people off of of like counter-strike go items and all that stuff like that's a that's a big a big undertaking it's not just as simple as letting steam users sell their games and if i i think if they do have to do that in what did you say france yeah that's probably just a feature they would roll out everywhere i would think yeah 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 i wonder what the time frame would have to be like it's not as easy as just pushing a button and saying you can sell your games now you know yeah i i think it would be cool um yeah I don't feel like Steam should have to do that. I, Again, like I said, they've been very open about what's actually going on. Yeah, and not just that, but you had to know when you bought the games from Steam that you didn't have a way of reselling them. I think that's that's one of the things we have to accept when we buy digital copies of games, you know? Yeah. So uh, just reading this, the court's ruling classifies these sales as digital licenses rather than subscriptions thus allowing them to be resold in the same way that physical games have been resellable. So they're saying that you should be able to resell the digital license. Gotcha. To play the game. Yeah. I, I like you. I'm interested to see how that's all going to shake out. Okay. Yep. Anything else, Corey? No, that's, that's it. Um, if you have a couple, I'll keep reading and see if I, if anything else jumps out at me, yeah, but I only ended up having one thing that I, that I tweeted uh one one big thing actually that's that's been a major part of the gaming zeitgeist was the uh the announcement of a release date for last of us 2 yeah february 21st i believe is the date didn't write it down but i saw it a bunch of places i'm pretty sure it's the 21st uh february 21st 2020 so People are very, very, very excited for that. So that was announced at the Sony State of Play. Um, the thing I, I, I brought up to talk about was that the Project X Cloud is going to be testing. Uh, I think it starts early next month, and you can sign up online to do it. Uh, probably just type in a link somewhere. Maybe that, maybe if I'm feeling uh, uh, feeling motivated, I'll I'll put a link on our on our Twitter feed, but. You have to have uh, it's got it's Android only for now, and you have to have an Xbox, a Bluetooth Xbox controller that can connect to your phone. 
So I had both of those things, so I, I signed up to, to try it. They said that they'll be notifying, notifying people shortly. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued on, on how all this is going to go, too. Uh, this is obviously the Google Stadia competitor. Um, but if I can play my games with my Game Pass subscription, I think that's fantastic. So Yeah. Then I won't even need to worry about uh, Stadia. Yeah, I'm with you there. You have to let me know how it goes. Yeah, we'll do. I, I hope I get into the test. I'm not sure if I will or not. They said there's limited limited parts or limited uh, openings. Yeah, they always, it's artificial scarcity. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Uh, but that's all I have. If you have anything else, Corey. You know what? You talking about that reminded me. I just saw today the headline that Facebook announced Horizon, their VR world. Uh-huh. Did you see anything about that? No, like a like a like uh, what's that? What's that uh, anime where you go into the and play the MMORPG? Pretty much, yeah. Um, oh shoot, I watched it too. There's Gun Gale online, which was the follow Sword Art online. Sword Art, that's what it is. Thank you. Yeah, I think there's a couple now. There's another one I watched. Um, I can't remember the name of, but uh, let me just call this up quick. Facebook announces Horizon, a VR massive multiplayer world. Uh, launching in early 2020, allow users to design their own diverse avatars and hop between virtual locales through portals called telepods, watch movies, and consume other media with friends and play multiplayer games together, like Wing Strikers. Right, Dan? You, we all love Wing Strikers. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it will also include human guides known as Horizon Locals who can give users assistance and protect their safety in the VR world so trolls can't run rampant. And that is according to TechCrunch. Interesting. You can apply for the beta. Should I apply for the beta? Uh, yeah. Well, might as well. Ugh, I really... Well, can you, uh, what sort of VR device do you need? That's a good question. Uh, la, 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 social VR experiences, Facebook spaces, and Oculus rooms. La, la, la. It's probably Oculus something yeah, or other. Yeah, it's got to be. But if you can do the mobile headset, that would be something I, I would try. Seems like a modernized Second Life, first-person Sims interesting interesting um yeah i don't know like i mean this is our future right our eventual future where we're just living in, in the matrix in the matrix and yeah. yeah we're in pods and our vr bodies are enjoying uh another world oh that reminds me this is related but not related i don't know if you saw the video for the boston dynamics atlas robot doing a gymnastics routine i don't think so is oh that the one gosh. that looks like a dog no, it's made by the same company. This is one, uh, let me, uh, let's see, Boston Dynamics. Yeah, watch, while you're looking that up, Dan. Um, watch this in the, in the, on the stream. It's, it's crazy. I've been listening to a podcast. Oh, wow. That's a robot. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> I, I, the balance is is incredible. I, 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 yeah, I'm, it freaks me out for, a little bit. For the the podcast listeners, the the video Dan's showing me, it it looks like a like an actual person. I mean, it looks like a robot, but it looks the like, movements are like a person doing the robot. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, pretty it's, cool. Um, it's a little stiff, but it's so human at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it looks like an old person trying to get around. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But also able to do backflips and 
all that stuff. But anyway, That's awesome. Go ahead. Um, speaking of the future, I wanted to give a little credit to um, what the heck is the guy's name? I just Isaac Arthur. Have you heard of Isaac Arthur? I've heard the name. So he has a podcast called Science and Futurism with Isaac Arthur. Okay. Um, and us talking about that made me think of it. It's really cool if you're into that kind of stuff because he's the type of person that uh, thinks about the – I mean, this is what futurists do. They think about this this stuff not only in terms of where technology is going, but, like, they incorporate things like physics and philosophy to kind of determine what the likely outcome will be in the future. Um, it's really entertaining. It's He just talks the whole time, which can – if you're not – focused you could lose interest pretty easily but uh really interesting he has a youtube channel too i just wanted to give him a shout out here and he lives uh like a couple hours from me so that's that's always cool was is he uh from like mit or i have no idea dan to me it just seemed he just seems like a guy who likes science fiction and science and started a podcast but i he oh. could be an mit where, guy i really don't where know where does he where does he where is he from um i know that he lives on is it oneida lake oh oh wow is that the big lake yeah North of yeah Syracuse? yeah yep yeah that's the one okay wow that's cool i'll have to i'll have to you, you know what i'm gonna add, i'll add it to my podcast list right now because uh my wife's been listening to a lot of podcasts she might be interested in that too so what was it called? Isaac Arthur? Science and Futurism with Isaac Arthur. Okay. Isaac Arthur. Got it. Okay. I'm going to subscribe right now. Um, he The most recent episode I listened to, although I didn't get that far into it, was uh, Space Sports. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for Nibble Bits, I think. I don't. I don't have anything else. Corey, how was your week? My week was good. Um, really, really slammed at work. It's annual planning time, which is when we all internally figure out what we want to do for our clients next year, uh-huh. which is kind of a nightmare. Uh, but I don't know. You got to do it. <laughs> right. It's one of those things. Uh, so I've been slammed at work, and it's you, you go in there, and you just kind of feel like you have no – you don't have a minute to think because you're just getting pulled in so many different directions um, at any given moment, but you get through it and then, you know, you have summers to slow down a little bit, but I did go see Doug Stanhope last night. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. that was last night. I, how familiar are, are, are you with Doug Stanhope? I've only heard like excerpts of, of his jokes from, from other, other places. Yeah, so uh, it was an office outing, and um, a lot of people from the office went last year, and everybody said he was absolutely terrible. Uh-huh. Um, I guess he was really drunk and just not that funny. Okay. So, so he, having an off night, maybe. Yeah, so um, there was only, I think there was like seven of us that went this time. Uh, but the, everybody also said he's like really offensive and he's very inappropriate. So don't go if you're sensitive, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, my favorite comedy is the kind that's yeah. the most inappropriate. It's got to make you feel uncomfortable at least, yeah, at least a exactly. little bit. Well, I, and it made me think of, you remember that episode of the office where, um, Steve Corral runs into, uh, David Brent, the, uh, 
Oh, Ricky Gervais? Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, like comedy is where the mind goes to tickle itself. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a really good way to put it because it doesn't, I mean, it's just what you find funny in your head has no bearing on how you feel about things in the real world. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with very offensive comedy. Nothing's off limits in, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, but I went and I have to be honest, it might have been the best stand up I have ever been to. Really? I haven't been to a ton of stand-up, but yeah. we would go to, um, uh, shoot, my memory is just not working today, but uh, when we lived in New York, we would go to some underground theaters to see stand-up and, uh -huh. like, Upright Citizens Brigade a few times. Uh -huh. Is it UCB? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I never really saw a big name. He's probably the biggest name comedian I've seen, but speaking of that, I got tickets to go see Tina Fey for free. Here oh, at really? Hamilton, oh, wow. Pretty cool, but that's, that's another cool. aside. But anyway the yeah doug stanhope was awesome he had two openers that were also awesome they were both lesbians but one was from the south so she was like very much about lesbian humor but also about like how awesome guns are and why everybody should have guns which is just like it's not a dynamic you're seeing today not just um, that but that's not usually the consensus here in upstate new york you know yeah right right <laughs> Um, but Doug Stanhope came on and he was he, hysterical is the only I laughed the entire time like my mouth hurt that's uh -huh. how much I was smiling and laughing the whole time but uh, my favorite my maybe not my favorite but the most relevant bit that I can give uh, on this podcast is he was talking about Syracuse um, he's actually he had another bit about something else and then at the end of it he's just like Syracuse is known for absolutely nothing <laughs> like that's what he said and uh, of course, everybody laughed because it was in Syracuse. So yeah. uh, everybody thought that was funny. But then he, he started talking about how he's like, I come to all these shit towns. And <laughs> I'm not going to remember any of you and just like stuff like that. And he's yeah. like, you guys didn't make the cut for the shit tour list that we, the shit tour that we do. Um, he's like, we go to these little shit towns and put the poster on the wall calling it the shit town tour and people love it and he's like just this year we moved binghamton to the shit town tour <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes man. that's fantastic that's city yeah um yeah i don't know it, it was really funny and it it kind of made me a fan i had seen bits and pieces here and there yeah but i never really watched like a full special of his or anything uh -huh. um but to to round out my story he finished recording a special like three months ago he had said which for people that don't know how these comedians how they work they they'll tour around and just try out different jokes like focus groups he actually called us a focus group he's like you guys are nothing but a focus group to me uh -huh. uh, for their jokes and they kind of figure out what makes people laugh what plays well where and then once they have the best version of that they'll record a special so i'm thinking because he had just recorded his special and was on this tour he had his act down really good Gotcha. Um, and I think that's why it was so good this time and last time it was not. But, uh -huh. um, yeah, I'm a fan now. Nice. Yeah, I feel like Corolla might have had him on his podcast a couple times when we were. Yeah, I could we see listening. them getting along together <laughs> really well together. Sure. Okay, well, that's that's good. I'm glad glad you had a good time. Oh, it was a blast. It was much needed, too. It was, a, it was one of those days where I just needed a couple beers and some laughs. Yeah. And that's okay. what I got. Nice. All right. Anything else? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, well, TV uh, movie recommendation. Yeah, let's Speaking hear. Speaking of science and futurism, Time Trap on Netflix. Time Trap. It's a uh, bad 
it's a bad movie i'll, I'll just say it but the concept is really really interesting mm-hmm. um i don't really want to spoil it but it's about these this professor who goes looking for his parents who in the late 70s early 80s were hippies looking for the fountain of youth they end up getting lost in what he thinks is this cave um the the professor goes his students are worried about him because the professor hasn't come back so the students go to look for him everybody ends up getting stuck in this cave and things just change that's all i'll say Uh, it's worth watching if you're into science fiction Um, even though the acting is not great it's definitely b production levels but uh, really really interesting concept and i love the way it ends and i really hope they do a sequel nice okay that's all i wanted to say all right Uh, i got a couple quick things i had a really strange world collide moment last night actually on tv i don't know if you've you've heard of this Corey, but uh my wife was watching the the masked singer while i was playing mario kart tour on my phone and the 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 way the show works is you know you you, the the person gives a performance and then the the panel tries to guess who it is and the the better you do the longer you stay on the show so they'll unmask at the end of the show they'll unmask you know whoever whoever did the whoever performed the worst or whatever mm-hmm. um but they always have an intro video uh, before they perform every time giving a little bit more hints about their past uh for the for the panel to try to guess guess who who it was and uh the the performer was the ice cream because, like I said, they're they're in a full mask. Uh, when they when they do talking and interviews and stuff, uh, their their voice is masked, so you can't you can't tell who it is. They really high pitched or really low pitched or, mm-hmm. or what have you. They change the voice, and uh, so this person was talking about how they had a uh, a different path to fame, and uh, they they mentioned having millions of viewer millions of viewers, and immediately I was like it's it's ninja it's ninja i know i just know it well sure enough you know as the show progressed he he the the person ended up uh you know they they lost a, i think it's called a, like a smack off or whatever uh singing against another another singer who also didn't do as well and uh when when they un, unveiled it was tyler blevins ninja and it was just such a weird moment like you know this is a prime time television show uh, with you know, with a uh, gaming icon nowadays, mm-hmm. it was just so weird. Well, that's all. That's for the YouTubes, right? Because now they can post a YouTube video of Ninja's performance yeah. on the show, and people will then become familiar with the show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was genius because he's god to you know to oh yeah, mid, like elementary and middle school kids. So well, even I know some adults that love. You you like I Ninja, do. right? I like yeah. Ninja. Yeah, I bought his book. I watch his streams on occasion. Yeah, um, uh, I'm jealous. I don't know anything about him, but yeah, he, he, I, I, based he's... on the people I know that like him, I think he's an all right guy. Yeah, he, he does seem like an all right guy. I've not, obviously never met him, but but it was just it was it was so weird because I, I told my my wife didn't really know anything about him other than that I had his book. Um, but yeah, I told my wife I was like, "That's Ninja," and she she looked him up as as he was doing his performance and. Uh, you know, I, I I figured because of some of his mannerisms and some of the hints that that it was him, um, but it, it was so weird. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was a little disconcerting, not disconcerting. I don't know. It, like I said, it was weird. I can't really even describe 
the the feeling but it was cool at the same time and i, I was you know glad for him to to you know to come to a, a mainstream because what one of the the closest person that that I don't remember who it was, but someone guessed it was PewDiePie. <laughs> so everyone else wasn't even close. Someone thought it was a skateboarder. A few, someone thought it was Dead Mouse, um, because of the you know, like I said, the different path to fame. You know, he. Who is guessing again? Is it just audience members? It, no, it's or... a panel of of celebrities. So it was oh, okay. uh, Robin Thicke was one of them. Uh, Ken Jong is one of them. Um. Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Oh, yep. Um, I know her. Jenny McCarthy was is the other one. Uh-huh. Before, so uh, Jenny McCarthy knew who he was right away. Robin Thicke had no idea who it was. <laughs> it's kind of funny, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, I've had almost a week with my new phone, and I I, I adore it. it. Took a little while getting used to. Uh, I don't know if you have. A similar experience with iPhones, Corey, but uh, with with Android phones, they're so different that when you get a new phone, that you have to learn how to use it all all over again. Mm, I think that's I think that's the perk of being an iPhone user is it doesn't right. change much. From, yeah, it doesn't change at all really from phone to phone. When they update the iOS, it changes just a little bit. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is obviously the like it's it runs vanilla Android, which I really like because it's a lot more snappy. Uh, since I've had Samsung phones for the past almost probably five years, I had the Note 5 and then I upgraded to the Note 8. So, uh, it's, yeah, five years of Samsung phones. Um, but it's nice not to have the Samsung bloatware on it. It's all Google stuff, so it runs really well. Nice. I'm surprised at the the amount of upgrade it is from my old phone because it's only a year newer. And the quality of the pictures, the quality of the screen, how much more snappy it is, is really, really unbelievable. Um, it does have the notch, which I don't love, but I have a wallpaper that hides it. And what's the notch? Uh, it's where the the front facing cameras are on the front of the phone. Let's see oh, got can... you. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of an app that. Okay, so this is Twitter. It's got a big notch too. It's cut off. Move it in front of your face. Oh, you're, you've got the wrong camera. That's for the stream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a notch. Yeah, it's 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 annoying, but I have a black wallpaper. So for the most part, I don't even see it. Oh, yeah. Which is the yeah. way to do it. And then a lot of apps, it's just like a black status bar up on the top. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great phone. Um, Pixel, it's the Pixel 3 XL. I don't know if I said that. I was planning on waiting for the Pixel 4 or uh, maybe going to get a Galaxy Note 10, but this was half less than half the price of those phones. So, uh, you know, if I need a new phone in a year, it won't be that much to pay off to to get a new one. So, I can't even keep track of those anymore. It's a lot. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Um, while you're talking about phones, though, I, speaking of the iOS upgrades, too, they just upgraded to iOS 13, uh-huh. um, and they added dark mode. That was a big That was a big thing on Android 10, too, that just yeah. came out. Yeah, uh, and I also, Sophie's brother told me that Android has had this feature for a very long time, but um, they also added the slide texting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you just, I, 
I don't know. I, I don't use it, but like I know a lot of people that do. Yeah, you just slide to the letters you want rather than having to lift your thumb, and it almost 100% of the time accurately predicts the word you want to say, and that's it. Yeah, I could never, I could never get the hang of of that. It just, it just feels it's too unnatural. But w- yeah. people that know how to use that can text super fast. Yep. I'm just too old, I think, at this point to to learn something new. You know, and that's the thing, Dan. I I keep like telling myself that that's how you become old is when you stop trying to learn new things because you feel like you're too old. So I always. I always force myself to just like figure things out, even though I find myself more and more being unwilling to. Right. For for me, it's more. I just don't feel like I need to uh, teach myself a new way of texting. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The old way works best. <laughs> Why can't everyone text like we've been texting? <laughs> 15 years it's funny because text messages weren't even a thing until i was probably probably in my mid-20s was when it was when it started like taking off so yeah yeah it was probably a little earlier mid to early 20s yeah i got i had my first phone when i was 16 Uh or so oh so maybe you're right maybe you were in your mid-20s because i knew you didn't text we weren't texting that earlier right it was was probably Text messaging was was a that. weird thing at first because because of the cost. you know it was only a keypad too. Yep, you and it cost money. Keyboards. It was ten cents a text or something like that. Yeah, there were there was no unlimited. Yep, but um yeah it was the T nine texting. You remember the T nine texting where oh, yeah. you had to press the same button a few times to get the letter that you wanted. Yeah, it probably I wasn't got... until BlackBerry BlackBerry started becoming popular that that texting became more popular. You're probably right. I got really freaking good at the T nine though. Yeah, bring that think, back i don't think i ever did i was never never very good and still i'm not at communication so <laughs> hasn't improved okay uh so i don't i don't think i have anything else to talk about for my week i'm still working on studio upgrades i got some lights for the shelf back here that i didn't hook up yet but you can probably see the reddish glow i love it uh i've got it for behind my monitor now too they were six dollars for these two strips on amazon so i just i was like i'll just buy them no party mode on the lights today dan uh no i I just felt like having it on blue just part of the problem is the remote that i have for these lights up here also works on these lights so everything gets all screwy so i try to set up these lights and then these also have like a manual control on them the ones for the monitor and and back here so i try to get those set up and then do these but i i was running late when we started so i didn't didn't tinker with it so let's get into what we played shall we yeah um i will start with mario kart tour uh it came out i guess it was yesterday like really early in the morning uh it's obviously nintendo's mobile mario kart game and it controls how you think it would. So when you do a race, it uh, uh, acceleration is automatic, so you don't have to control acceleration. It's just uh, using left and right on your with your thumb or finger or whatever on the screen to steer, um, and then up and down fire stuff. So you know you swipe up and it'll shoot something forward. You swipe back and it shoots something backwards, or swipe down rather. Uh, Drifting is not automatic. It's something you can set up in the options. I have it to drift because I'm a drift master, 
uh, because of all my time playing Mario Kart. So uh, when you go left or right to, to steer, it automatically hops for you and starts starts your drift, which takes some getting used to because there's there's times when you just need to make a little bit of a minor turn. Uh, it doesn't work great for that, but once you kind of get the hang of it, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, the game controls fine and it works. It seems to work pretty well. Uh, it does have some egregious microtransaction stuff. Oh boy! That I'll get, that I'll talk about. Um, couple couple annoyances are that when you're doing a race, the amount of stars you get based on a race are based on points. Um, and so, when you're going into a race, you pick the racer, the cart, and the parachute that you're going to use, and you get bonus points if you pick the right racer yada yada for the for what track you're using so uh so you're doing the the one that's in new york city uh the best racer for the point but you get two times the points if you pick mario if you pick the pipe frame and then if you pick like i don't know whatever random parachute Uh, so if you don't have that stuff it's harder to reach the score it has nothing to do you get more points if you win so that that's a good thing but it's not all based on winning it's all it's also based on what you use when you do the race so uh, gotcha. That's a little bit frustrating because you have to unlock that stuff very slowly uh, because you need gems to unlock racers, uh, carts, and parachutes. And I think they're called rubies. They're red rubies. And uh, you obviously get them out and them out for logging in every day, which will probably wear off eventually at, you know, after the game's been out for a little while. Uh, it's five, five, uh, five rubies to fire the mushroom cannon and it'll shoot something up in the air and it'll be you know something that you unlock it's got a similar thing to dr mario where uh you you can also level this stuff up so if you get you have to get like two bowsers to level bowser up and a level leveled up bowser will have more we'll get more points per race so we'll get 0.5 more... percent more points it's it is a very small amount but yeah uh it, it, there's that um the, the, I think the the worst part of the microtransactions things is you can pay five ninety nine a month to subscribe to be able to play two hundred cc races. Oh God, um, that's not included in the in the game. I, there's a couple other benefits to it, but it's five dollars a month to for Mario Kart Tour to be able to play two hundred cc races, which I find pretty terrible. Do you remember when Nintendo was like anti-mobile and they're like, "Oh, it's not really our brand." Yeah. I'm like, I miss that. That's a I mean, at least they're keeping that stuff out of console. Uh it's just yeah. on mobile where uh, honestly, they're they're probably one of the worst, I think, with with that sort of stuff. Uh yeah. Mar- the Mario Kart stuff is pretty bad. It's it, and it's too bad because it's a it's a pretty fun game. I I've enjoyed my time with it so far. I uh, won't be spending a dime on it. The only games I've I've spent money on are Pokemon Go and, and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Uh, most of the time, it's not even my money either. It's Google Play Rewards credit that I get for taking surveys. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a it's a good game. I I would suggest people download it and try it. It's it's fun. Uh, there is a lot of stuff that you can do without needing to spend any money. There seems to be a uh, apparently they have tracks that rotate. I haven't I haven't seen that yet because it's only been out for a couple days. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm progressing through the cups, and I I think the top cup you need like 215 stars or something to unlock. So uh, there's there's a fair amount. So every every race, you know, based on your points value, you get one to five stars. Um, there's 
three races and then one like training thing per cup that you do so i want to say i'm through the first like 10 cups maybe uh, and i've pretty pretty well dominated i've had a couple races like in mario kart like you have where you uh, take a shell at the very end and end up finishing sixth or whatever but for the most part i've, I've done yeah. pretty well first or second most most races so so yeah that's not bad um I'll probably play it at least for a little bit until, I mean, I'm assuming you're, I'm going to hit a wall where you need to spend money, but I haven't seen that just yet. It would be easier to be able to unlock stuff more quickly uh, so you could get the, the point points that you need to get five stars and everything, but yeah, not bad. Uh, so I played that. I also played probably an hour and a half of Untitled Goose Game. For those that are not familiar with Untitled Goose Game, you play as a goose in the game, and your uh, whole uh, the whole purpose of the game is for you to be a jerk to the people that are in this little village that you're in. Um, it, it's not just about being a jerk. You do have a list of things you have to accomplish. So in the first world, you're in like a... Or the first section, you're in like a garden. And some of the tasks you have to do is you have to, quote-unquote, have a picnic which means you steal a bunch of food and put it on this picnic picnic basket. So uh, you need to steal, like, uh, some of the stuff is easy to find, like, right off the bat. Like, there's a, uh, I think there's a sandwich and a thermos on a bench nearby that the, the gardener isn't near. Uh, but he also has to steal some of the stuff out of his garden, and uh, he's got a little, like, desk. So you have to distract him so that he's not watching you because he'll, he'll chase you away um, and, and sneak in and steal his stuff. Um, one of the other things that I wasn't actually able to accomplish the first time is getting the, the gardener to switch his hat. I was never able to figure out how to do that, but, uh, one of them is getting like spraying him with water. So you wait till he's near the sprinkler and you turn it on as a goose. Um, there's a button to honk. There's a button to flap your wings. Um, it's, it's really good. It's, a described as like a stealth puzzle game and that's a that's a good way to describe it because there is there's some there's some puzzle elements there's definitely some stealth elements because as i said the people will see you and and uh chase you away from whatever your objective you're trying to accomplish but it's uh it's surprisingly well done it's a very relaxing game it's a got a very peaceful ambiance uh and then when you're uh in the thick of things it's got a, a a frantic piano song that almost makes me think of the guardian music in breath of the wild yes i was gonna oh. say i'm listening to a youtube video right now and that, that was my favorite part so far is yeah. the piano yep the frantic. Uh, it's it's good stuff so uh it, it's a it's a fun game i think it's on sale on the switch for 15 bucks it's well worth it it's as i said it's a nice nice relaxing game it's a different pace like uh and then you know sometimes you just want to cause trouble as a goose so uh, I've done the first two worlds, I'm not sure, or first two areas, I'm not sure how many there are ultimately, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a surprisingly good game. I've, I've enjoyed my time with it so far. Looks interesting, that's yeah, for sure. it is very interesting. I I think I said some, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, but I, I thought when the game was announced that it was a, a joke. <laughs> but it is not a joke, and I'm glad it's not a joke, because it's, it's quite good. Uh, it's silly. So that's all i played Corey. what have you got uh nothing i was gonna talk hearthstone but i don't really have much to say the 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 adventures of old dumb or whatever is finally released uh-huh. um i just want to reiterate how much i enjoy the solo adventures and i wish 
I wish you guys would try him because I think it would change your opinion 100% of, of Hearthstone. Uh, they're just, they're so much fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I do have to issue a correction. Okay. I said that Isaac Arthur is uh, on Lake Oneida, and I think I was thinking of the guy that does the Sleep With Me podcast. Have you ever heard uh, that podcast? No, I remember you talking about it, though. Um, just quickly, his podcast is, if you have trouble sleeping, you put it on, and he tells you, he just tells the most boring story full of random tangents that just make it even more boring and it <laughs> makes very little sense and he just talks monotone and just like jumps around and i don't know he tells these stories for adults that are just so boring but so you fall asleep and you don't care about what happened <laughs> in the story at all uh, it's, it's very perfect effective. yeah it's perfect yeah i think he i think he lives um on oneida lake okay uh isaac arthur lives in ashtabula ohio on lake erie oh okay gotcha felt felt it was very important to make that correction oh definitely yeah (laughs) we don't want to be wrong on this on this podcast never never okay uh feedback we got one piece of feedback from idaho jake who says hey guys just work football and borderlands 3 life is good I did want to talk about football because we forgot to talk about football during our weeks. I mean, we have to talk about Daniel Jones. We just I didn't to. watch the game. What? Yeah, I was watching the Bills, and then yeah. uh, that was it. Okay, he, did you just not want to watch? I didn't think I didn't think anything was going on. I wasn't paying that close attention. Gotcha. Uh, until I saw the score the next day, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> Seems like it was a pretty good game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was intense. I'll put it that way. So, I we I, Saquon Barkley got hurt, and he's going to be out for a month or two, I believe. Great, he's to miss four to eight games. So yeah, it was a it was it was a it was a pyrrhic victory. We'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones uh, showing what he can do. He ran for two touchdowns, threw for two touchdowns, led the Giants to late victory, uh, which the defense almost blew. By the way. Um, yeah, they scored with like, I think it was like a minute and a half left and the, the Buccaneers offense just marched right down the field. No trouble whatsoever. Uh, got themselves in field goal position to short field goal. I think it was like a 32 or 33 yard field goal and the, the kicker missed with like, I think the time ran out as he kicked the field goal. So, uh, it was, it was a little bit of a lucky win, but you know, Daniel Jones, uh, outside of two fumbles played really well um like i said two rushing touchdowns two passing touchdowns he looked good uh running the ball which is something eli manning did on very rare occasions uh but not effectively not like daniel he didn't run the ball he pranced the ball (laughs) he did prance the ball yes (laughs) you're absolutely right uh so i mean but it, it was it was cool to watch you know we haven't seen uh, aside from that week that Geno Smith started, we haven't seen. I didn't watch that game just out of protest, uh, but we haven't seen the you know another quarterback for the Giants in 15, 15 years or whatever. So yeah, uh, it, was, it was weird to see, but it was also cool. You know, I was I was happy for him because he he took a lot of flack getting drafted as high as he did. We don't know how he's going to be ultimately, but it was nice to see that you know that was his 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 statement. You know, uh, yeah, for his first start. I saw a tweet that I thought was appropriate the next day. Um, The winds of change pushed that field goal wide. It's like, nice. It's a way to sum up the game. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. 
so they, yeah, that was it. That was our excitement. Uh, I, I can say for certain, I know Eric is looking forward to this weekend's game. The oh, undefeated yeah. Bills are facing off at home against the undefeated Patriots. So uh, that's going to be one to watch. I'm definitely going to be watching that. So, And I, I would imagine other than, uh, let's say, northeast of New York State, the rest of the country is pretty <laughs> for, for the Bills. Bills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, I th- the Patriots usually start off bad, but they haven't done that this year. They've been fantastic from the very first game. Uh, so yeah, I think I think even more so this year than than even every other year that people are rooting against the Patriots. So yeah, yeah, it's good to have a football game you're excited to watch too. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I mean, I was mostly this year excited to watch Saquon Barkley, but obviously he's hurt. But now I I can say you know who knows what dan jones is gonna do next so yeah you got a reason to keep tuning in still yeah absolutely yeah yeah so uh that was from Jake. we're just a week away from hockey so i know i'm super pumped for hockey um borderlands 3 have you played any more borderlands 3 Corey? i don't think i booted it up at all since zelda came out um okay. i i definitely want to i've uh, i have such big plans to play so many ga- video games this weekend um because i'm i'm not working tomorrow i should i have a little work i need to do tomorrow but i'm not going into the office so mm-hmm. i'll do a lot of video gaming and uh my fiance is working friday night saturday night and uh usually usually i demand sundays for myself anyway so mm-hmm. i got a lot of time coming up nice sounds good yeah okay um so jake is the winner winner chicken dinner of the game giveaway Congrats, Jake. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can figure out where all this stuff is. So I did send the game last week to um, Beardless. I sent it right away. So that's I don't think that's on the list here. Which game did Beardless pick? Do you remember? Pardon my yawn. Uh, did he pick the Swapper? Good pick. I think it was the Swapper, although I don't remember. All right, so Jake. Let's call it the random number generator which I think I put on this phone I did okay alright so 1 to 150 come on there we go okay so the first game is 119 Jake which is sequence sequence is it spelled funny nope or is it Straight up sequence. About that. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't, actually. Sequence video game. Uh, 104 is Mass Effect 2, which is a fantastic game. Sequence, what? an abstract strategy board and card game. Okay. I like the sound of it. Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. The board and card game people sued the video game people. <laughs> oh, okay. Over the name, so that's not the right. Gotcha. Uh, a rhythm role-playing game? Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. Title developed by for it was Xbox Live Indie Game Initiative. Rhythm role-playing game. So I rolled one sixteen for the next one. That was gone. So I rolled again, and it's fifty-nine, which is Kathy Rain. Oh, that's supposed to be pretty good. I never played it. 
that's I think there's a sequel coming out too, th- isn't there? Th- I don't know. That's come up a few times though. I know I know we've we've rolled that one before. Point and click adventures. I want to get into point and click adventures. Some of them are pretty fun. The ones where you're like playing like mini games. Yeah. Those yeah. I, it's been a while since I've played any of those, but I, I never minded them. Uh, yeah. Next up was ninety, which is also gone. So I roll again and one thirty four. Natural selection two. And then last yeah. one, one thirty one is gone. Nineteen is screen cheat. The one, uh, is that the one where you're meant to look on the other person's screen? Uh, I don't know. You know how you know how when you used to play couch, yeah, competitive, you'd you'd look at somebody else's screen. I feel like this game was designed, me like, like all the players are invisible on your screen except for yourself, but you can see them on their screen, so you have to look on their screen to see where they are. That might be. Might be. I that that concept is is vaguely familiar. So that could very well be. Um nine out of ten on Steam. Nice. So yeah. Same with natural selection too. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Uh Good so yeah, your sir. your choices are screen sheet, natural selection two. What was fifty nine? Uh Kathy Rain Sequence and Mass Effect two. So let us know what you want, Jake. I actually I have a couple back games that I that I owe you, so I will uh, I'll probably email you at some point this this weekend uh, and see what see what you want to get. As for next week's episode, I don't know that we have a topic. We still have to do our fall games preview, so uh, maybe maybe that's what we'll do uh, for next week's episode. Even though we're uh, we started fall already, but uh, I guess we would only need to cover October, November, and December releases at this point. So. Hit me with the good stuff, Dan. What else we got coming out? Um, I don't. I I know the next game that I'm getting is going to be Luigi's Mansion. Uh, there's a few like The, the Witcher Three is coming to the Switch on the 15th of October. Uh, I'll be getting that at some point. I just don't know know when. It probably won't be at launch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's call up the release dates. Because I have been so excited about Zelda for so long that I'm not even sure what's coming out later. Yeah, there's there's some stuff. I'm sure there's lots of stuff. I just haven't thought about it. I know, like, uh, Call of Duty is obviously coming up. Pokemon is coming up. Yeah. Oh, Trine 4. I'm excited for. Trine 4. That'd be a good one to do for uh, Extra Life. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. If they if it's affordable, I don't want to pay thirty bucks for it. But all right, um, Cube World on the thirtieth of September. Mildly interested. Oh, har- there's a Harvest Moon game coming out October 29th. Let's see, Destiny Two ex- Shadow Keep expansion is on the fourth. No, second, first. I'm sorry. Yeah, Trine Four is uh, coming out on October eighth. Ukulele and the Impossible Layer is coming out on the eighth, October eighth. That's the side-scrolling platformer that I'll probably end up getting. Um, Wait, is, am I looking at this year's games? Overwatch and The Witcher Three are coming out on the fifteenth for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Plants vs Zombies: Battle for Neighborville. That's kind of a big one. That's on October eighteenth. 
Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is coming out on the 25th. The Outer Worlds is coming out on the 25th. That one I might get. That's coming into Game Pass. You don't need to get it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm going to play it because it's free. I probably that's one I probably would have bought anyway, but I'm gonna yeah just get it for free. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anything that I'm wanting to buy. Um, yeah, Luigi's Mansion on the 31st. Death Stranding is coming in November 8th. Uh, yeah, November 15th, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Shenmue 3 on November 19th. Doom Eternal on November twenty second. What what about um, Jedi Fallen Order? Is that gonna um, be anything worth playing? I think so. I'm reluctant because it's EA, <laughs> and I do not trust EA at all to release no. a good game. I this one looks looks good, but I, that's definitely gonna be one that I wait for reviews for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. That's yeah. That's that's pretty much most of the big things. I'm sure there'll be a few indie games filtered in there that that we'll want to play. So yeah, there's always stuff that creeps up for sure. Yeah, I would get Death Stranding if I had a PlayStation, just because I'm curious. Yeah, Will's the only one of us that has a PlayStation, and he is not interested in that game at all. So what? He doesn't love the Kojima Circle Jerk. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, he he hates it more than we do. Believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Did you say that? No. November 14th. Okay. Is that that's probably going to be a Game Pass game, right? Uh it's on PC. It might be. Yeah, it's probably a a PC Game Pass game. Oh yeah. I would think. I love that. Okay. Anything else, Corey? Nah. Okay. Uh that'll do it for episode 426 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.